0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of another bumper weekend of Scottish football. Jose Cifuentes will start for Rangers tomorrow, according to Michael Beale, as head side go for their first league win. Cameron Carter-Vickers has high hopes for his partnership with Mike Navrotsky after saying goodbye to Carlos Starfelt. And Hibs put themselves in the driving seat for European progression as our Lauren Shanklin goal gives Hearts a chance. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans. Never mind Celtic and Rangers and Hibs and Hearts. St Mirren could go top of the table tomorrow night if they win at home against Dundee. Alright, it might be for less than 24 hours. Maybe, maybe not. But credit where it's due. Stephen Robinson made a terrific start to the season with that 3-2 win at Easter Road and he could go top if he beats Dundee Yeah and it was a good night last night I think uh, sorry this week uh, all round for our, our teams in Europe so many times last season you were on this talking about horrific results and bad uh, bad European nights but Rangers got away with a, a decent enough win it could, pr- probably could have and should have been more and Hibs with that last minute goal it puts them in an incredible position to go through and like we say Gordon that Lauren Shanklin goes out a lifeline for Hearts because 2-0 would have been a long way back but back at Tynecastle with one goal there deficit all we play for for our teams come on then 01419511025 it's Friday night that means all eyes on the weekend's action so what are you thinking of course Rangers uh, with a false start from their perspective against Kilmarnock last weekend would you expect them Rangers fans uh, to turn that around and get the first win on the board against Livingston this weekend. You've had a couple of looks now and some new signings in. So I wonder if you've got any idea, what's the strongest team at the moment? What's the strongest team, the one that you would put out tomorrow? Michael Beale's giving you a bit of a help because uh, he says Jose Cifuentes will start for the first time. But now we've seen European action, league action, bit of pre-season. What's, what's the strongest look? Give us a call. Celtic fans, what about you? You have to wait until Sunday of course, but you know, traditionally over the last couple of seasons, you would think Pataudry, Aberdeen away, that's got Rio Hatati written all over it. But does it? Does he stay out the team? Does David Turnbull stay in? Or would you revert to something different this weekend? We're going to hear from Cameron Carter Vickers as well. And I would love to hear from you, Hibs and Hearts fans. How are you feeling after last night? What did you make of it? And how does it set you up? for next week now an extra incentive for you tonight I'm sure you would love to call in and speak to Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller anyway but everyone that calls in tonight every single caller that makes it through goes into the draw to win four tickets to the Scottish Sun Ladies Night tomorrow at a race course entertainment before during and after the racing a 90s DJ set six races on the cards yeah, welcome drink and all that stuff for your table as well so every single caller who gets onto the show tonight into the hat for the four places at the ladies' night tomorrow air race course as well. You're not allowed to go. Well, 90s DJ, that's really modern for me. <laughs> I was going to say. That, that's cutting edge. See, the 90s to us is like 20s to you, really, yeah, when you yeah. think about it. But so, I've been at air race course, it'll be a smashing night, so roll up, roll up. Absolutely. Every caller who comes on here tonight goes into the hat for those places as well. But lots of football to talk, and the brilliant thing about these busy midweeks, it gets to Friday... And you're still looking back as well as looking forward. So maybe later on in the show, uh, we can do those uh, Edinburgh views on things because it was two fascinating results last night, Hugh. 
Yeah, and great goals from Hibbs. Uh, Joe Newell's goal was a work of art. Dylan v- Venti uh, gets off the mark with a, a good header. Uh, and then uh, Obita scores the third goal that I think changes the whole complexion of that tie. And it was marvellous opportunism on his part. I think Hearts will come back and uh, take care of Rosenberg as well. Lauren Shanklin's late goal in Norway, I think, makes all the difference. And I think for all that people have been moaning and groaning about Rangers, I think they will go to Geneva and uh, put out Servette. I just wonder about Servette's temperament, Kenny. You know, they had a man sent off in Genk, a man sent off at Ibrooks. I just wonder if Rangers were to score first, I think they would come apart. Quite good at it, though. They're all right at it, aren't they? No, they absolutely are. I mean, again, it was it was dogged to stay in the game, albeit Rangers weren't at their, their scintillating best that you probably did see in the first 25 minutes where with 11 men on the part, they were absolutely pulled apart on, on numerous occasions. So it probably should have been more than the two. But I, I agree with you. I think uh, going to say Servette next week, I think Rangers should win the game. You know, mm-hmm. in my opinion, they're a level above that team. Yes, they've got a lot of good at fighting attributes and yes, they may have a few players back from injuries or suspensions as well. But I just think Rangers are better. They showed they were way better in the, in the early stages of that game. I just felt that the, that the ten, but with that goal right on halftime, you touched on it with the Hibs goal changing the whole complexity of the game, even Lauren Shanklin's goal giving yeah. Hearts a really good chance. I felt the goal on halftime, the penalty, it just changed the momentum of the game a little bit and you could sense the tension and the nerves and uh, and the Rangers fans getting a little bit frustrated, a little bit anxious in the second half. And I think that definitely translated into the into mm. the team's performance. There was a bit of safe football where it would have been easier to maybe play forward passes, maybe riskier passes, but they were a, kind of entered into a bit of kind of safety that I'm, I'm sure Michael will not want in his team. And out of the three, Hibs are in the are mostly in the driving seat out of the three. If that makes well, any sense whatsoever, two, two goal advantage. Um, it starts that way but uh, I think Lee Johnson was correct when he said it's by no means over Uh, what about some of the tackling from the Luzerne players as well it was a bit tasty Uh, but I think he's got something going now he's got the £700,000 Dylan Venti Uh, you've got Martin Boyle there Uh, Obita took his goal exceptionally well Joe Newell's a terrific player I think they they will get there and Aston Villa Oh. will be going to Easter Road shortly. The John McGinn Derby. Yeah. Incredible. Well, plenty of time to get to that. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. If you want to talk last night's football, please do. If you want to look ahead to the weekend, transfer, business, anything else at all, give us a shout. And remember, every caller who makes it onto the show tonight is in the hat for four tickets to the ladies' night at Air Racecourse tomorrow evening as well that's great timing that as well maybe you've not got any weekend plans and we can just hand them to you on a plate so let's do that get through on the phones and then they could be yours let's kick things off with Ross who's a Celtic fan on the line how's it going Ross? Hi Gordon you and Kenny hope you're all well good thank you Um, no just obviously with the news that Starfield has left yesterday um, we are maybe a bit gutted that obviously we've lost them but I think it just and heighten Celtic now to go into the market and try and get another replacement. I think there's still maybe three or four signings off of where we need to be going into the Champions League. Um, and I think when you look at the game last Saturday against Ross County, you can tell defensively we're still a wee bit sloppy in that area. So I'm a wee bit concerned that we've maybe not hit heights in the market that we should be. I think, uh, and I don't know if you agree with me, Ross, I think Celtic need another goalkeeper. 
Uh, I think that Brendan Rodgers is already on record as saying that uh, he will, in spite of signing Navrovsky, he will go into the market for another central defender. Uh, it's unfortunate he's still waiting for Alistair Johnson to come back. Uh, they, they maybe need cover in the fullback positions, but for sure he will bring in a central defender. And I'd be surprised. I look at uh, Joe Hart, I look at Segrist and uh, Scott Bain. And I don't think that any of them uh, would fill you with confidence. There are bodies there, Ross. Liam Scales is still in the building. Stephen Welsh is still in the building. Kobayashi, who was signed quite recently as well. Are, are none of them able to step up into that that slot that's being vacated? Then is it is it still is it going to have to be another new signing in that area on top of Mike Navrotsky? Um well, For you, because Brendan Rodgers agrees for what it's worth. Well, and first, of, I agree with you. I think when you look at the three goalkeepers, none of them gave me confidence at all. And I think Joe Hart last Saturday got away with it because it was Ross County. But if that's a, a Champions League team, Celtic get punished. Um, and I think defensively, again, with the defenders we've got, uh, apart from Carter Vickers, I don't think any of them are, are really giving me confidence that going into the Champions League, we're going to be fine. I think we still need to go into that market and get a quality sire, a quality defender that's going to be able to handle that level of, of football. Yeah, I think Brendan Rodgers would be disappointed if other players were not brought in before the end of the transfer window, but he, he's keeping a calm demeanour about the whole thing uh, and saying that players will come in. And, you know, it's up to Celtic's recruitment team to help out the manager here. But he has talked about that recruitment team and, and praised them very, very highly a few weeks back as well. And like, I just think Celtic have went about their business really, really quietly over the over the summer. Uh, with the signings they've made, uh, is any of them really going to have improved again with any confidence, same with any confidence that have improved that starting lineup. I think Navrotsky was the one that did look, I think we discussed this last week, he was the one that's maybe ready-made to step in because of that de that, that defensive, uh, that, that left side of Celtic's defence. And the fact that Starfield's gone now, I think he's got the jersey. Uh, in terms of the goalkeeping situation, I mean, when you have three goalkeepers there, you probably need to move one on. And, and there might not be the answer, but you probably need to move one out before you would, you would get one in because this is a, this is a goalkeeper that is... England international, he's won trophies in England. He's part of a big part of the treble winning team uh, last season. So, in terms of signing a goalkeeper, I'm not too sure that might be a priority. But definitely, the defence, I still think, probably needs at least a backup player. Uh, in terms of signing a player that's going to be ready for Champions League and Champions League quality, I mean that's not going to be easy. Early days, Ross. I'm going to ask you to make a the snappiest of snap judgments. But Mike Navrotsky, early indications, you think he can come in and be as good, if not better, than Carl Starfelt? I think so. I think with the games he's played, again, I've only really seen him last Saturday with the first opportunity. So I think going on, going on that, I think he does look a good player. Again, in time, we'll, we'll be able to tell. But I think defensively, just now, we're, we're, we're still dead weak. And I think going into the Champions League with this squad, if we didn't bring anyone in, I would be very, very concerned that, we'll, that we would maybe go through that Champions League without winning a game I think we need another striker at least I think other than Kyogo we've not really got anybody I know O's there but again I'd he's injured think. yeah out for six weeks according to Brendan Rodgers so I, I agree with I, I do. I do wonder about that area I'm not saying you have to agree that you think it's a great idea but I wonder if Brendan Rodgers feels that between Kyogo O and Dyson Maida playing yeah. there you wonder if he feels he's 
he's equipped in that area I, I don't know the answer it's not a loaded question in any no, way no no but uh, out of the three one has gone for six weeks and uh, you know the, the the time to find out about what I mean, you we're need. down to five now aren't we and I, I know it sounds like I'm being pedantic but it's not a, it's not a huge length of time in the grand yeah. scheme of things no matter the the area of the side that you are looking at whether it's central defence as Ross has said whether it's a up front with Owen his injury the time to do something about it is now because if you let the window close then you'll be left with a gaping hole that you should have filled mm. um, just quickly Ross because we can delve in a bit later but I'm curious does Rio Hitati stay out the team this weekend or is this the type of fixture he has to come back in no, I think he, I don't think you can drop David Turnbull after last weekend. So I would I would probably go with the same starting eleven last week because um, I think it'd be a bit harsh and tumble if he get dropped for Hattie and McGregor. You can't drop the captain, can you? So I, I don't see I don't see Hattie coming back in. I think it will be the same eleven. How would, enough, how would David Turnbull feel if he was left out? Well, well, you know, we, can, it, we can debate that as the show goes on. Ross can. Set us off And if other Celtic fans Have got different opinions Please feel free to share them Ross is in the hat For the tickets To the Ladies Night At Air Racecourse tomorrow Just like everyone else will be Who makes it through To make a point to the guys tonight Let's hear a bit from Since it's the Celtic defence That's under the spotlight Let's hear from Cameron Carter Vickers uh, He believes he's bond With the impressive Navrotsky Will improve with time On the pitch together you know, he's a really good player. You know, you can see just, just in training, you know, the qualities that he has. Like I was saying before, it's just more about, it just needs time more than anything. You know, it's just about kind of building up connections, kind of knowing me knowing what he's going to do and him knowing what I'm going to do and, and just building from there, really. You know, he's very good in the ball, very good passer, very good progressive passer of the ball. I think he reads the game really well as well. And then, yeah, he just knows when to when to step in at times and try and try and be aggressive and intercept, intercept the ball and stuff like that. So, yeah, good player. So, life after Carl Starfelt for Celtic. Brian, what do you think? Well, I think um, Carol Stelfer will be a great miss. I don't care what anybody says. I go to see Celtic every single time I can. I've got a season ticket, I'm going the bus. And then, not boys that go to the football so much, but people that are on the, on the um, social media and things, which is a party football, I suppose, these days as well. Everybody's got a voice, as is the radio. Carol Stelfer. 50 odd games started, five trophies, and 10. Please tell me that's no somebody's a serial winner and he's just left the club. We should all be gutted. We should all be gutted because the, the league lost a great player. So he's away, to, he's away to Spain and Celtic need to replace or do they? You know, because I think this boy that's come in, he, he looks good after one game, but we can't make any decisions on that. The first point, Brian, to be made about uh, Mike Navrovsky. He wanted out. You know, Celtic were only responding to the players' wishes. Carl Starfield. Yeah, yeah I beg your pardon. Yeah. Uh, Carl Starfield wanted out. Mm. Is that like when Janet made you move from Partick to Clydebank? No. no something I, similar, no? I take all the decisions right. in my house. <laughs> <laughs> you can. <laughs> if anybody believes that. I took the last one in 1971. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, Mike Navrovsky represents the, the future. Celtic, by Scottish standards, paid decent money around about the £4.5 million pound mark to Legia Warsaw for him. And Carl Starfelt wanted out of the club. So, you know, Brendan Rodgers has been very open and honest about it all. But he also acknowledges that he needs someone else. I think there are question marks over uh, Kobayashi and uh, Brendan Rodgers 
wants another central defender in, but at the moment, it's Carter Vickers and Navrovsky. I mean, the partnership's so important, Kenny, particularly that area of the pitch, because, you know, as Brian says, Carl Starfield was a real debating point for some people. People like to criticise, felt he made mistakes, but t- history will look back fondly on the partnership, clearly, in terms of what they achieved. And when you think about it, you know, how many... Are we talking about, you know, big goals lost because of Carlos Starfield's mistakes? I'm not sure. I, I certainly can't remember them. Well, definitely not domestically because nothing, I don't think there's anything that's really mm. cost Celtic yeah. over the last couple of seasons. And I think so, he, actually, he actually missed, am I not right <clears> in saying he missed most of the Champions League games last season? I feel like I remember Moritz Jens and others having to, to step well, in. Well, I think he well, did. Well, the fact is that it was five trophies out of, out of six in the last two seasons. I always just felt, and again, I'm guilty. I mean, Brian can pull me up on it if he wants, but I was, all, I'm always one that just looks at that left side of Celtic's defence, and I just think it's probably one of the first areas that you would look to strengthen. You know, I, I, Carl Stafford, Carter Vickers was a good partnership. They played a lot together. Uh, Any time one of them was missing, I, th- I don't think it was as effective. Uh, so it, it'll be missed, but it's an opportunity. Mike Navrosi has been signed. Malik Navrosi has been signed to come in and probably play and replace. They probably knew what was going on in the background. Carl Stafford made his noises that he wanted to leave, so they knew they had to sign something to come and make a new partnership with Carter Vickers. The one thing's for sure, they've still got the best one there in Carter Vickers. He's the one that influences, for me, that Celtic back four. I think teams used to be happy with Starfield on the ball coming forward because they knew he had a mistake in him in that regard. Navrosky is very comfortable going forward with the ball at his feet, so in that regard... Uh, he's ahead of Carl Starfield but Brian is gone and there's there's no point in dwelling on it because he wanted to go he has gone mm. and Mike Navrovsky has the jersey briefly Brian if we can because we're running a bit tight for time okay. Brendan Rodgers has said that, you know he wants to add a new defender anyway are you suggesting you don't really think that is necessary you'd rather go elsewhere in the pitch no I know, I, I know that the job of recruitment is not an easy thing. I mean, we've got a, a big framework to work with. I mean, and especially Scottish football, hard to get them in. OK, we've got the character of the Champions League. So if we can get a ready-made Champions League footballer who doesn't want to go to England or any other, other big four and we offer him a package that's going to be enough, then yes, we'll get them in. But we've got all of those hurdles to go over to get the right player in. But it's got to be the right player or we play with the players that we've got, and they're good enough to win a treble last year. They're mm. good enough to win. They're good enough to win most of the domestic. Can they improve under Brendan Rodgers in Europe? Well, it's cup games, so we'll see. Yeah. Ready-made Champions League players don't come cheap, though, do they? But thank you, no, Brian. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Brian is in the hat for the tickets to the ladies' night at Air Racecourse tomorrow. Everyone who makes it through to make a point to the guys goes into that draw. Good time to get your calls in. We'll get some travel and you could be up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. You are the voice. Oh, you're kidding me on. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 01419511025 That's the number you need to speak to Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller And remember, everyone who makes it on air tonight Goes into the hat for four places at the Air Racecourse Ladies' Night tomorrow as well Good incentive to pick up that phone and get in touch with the guys Alec is in our drossing How's it going, Alec? It's great to have you back Absolutely Great to be great. back um, Well done 
And I'm sorry for a couple of nights by the way, but I think I'm better listening to you in the radio, guys. I, th- I think so, Alec. I'd agree with you, Alec. Can you not look at us when you're eating your dinner? <laughs> no, no, everything's great. Main point, by the way, is I still think Rangers got a great opportunity, by the way, uh, this year, apart from the Kilmarnock game, which obviously didn't, well, didn't go well, and that was away from home. Every other major uh, fixture is at home. We're playing Celtic, Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, Motherwell and Livingston at home. We're at Celtic, we've got every one of the games away from home, particularly Livingston away. And as long as Michael Beale starts hopefully making changes at half-time, 60 minutes instead of waiting 85 minutes, you know what I mean? Because he could have bought Dessers off the other night there, I thought, at half-time, and it would have improved the team with putting maybe Hadji on. What do you think, gentlemen, about that, about Rangers having the opportunity this year to maybe... Having a far better start, by the way, in the first 11 games. Yeah, but, Alec is right. They, like, sometimes you overanalyze. Everybody needs to play everybody, by uh-huh. and large, home and away. But he's right. The first round of fixtures, Rangers are at home to all all of the bigger teams, if you like, um, in that first round of fixtures. You get an immediate indication on Sunday, Celtic at Pataudry, and then on September the 3rd, Celtic at Ibrox. To have Pataudry and Ibrox as two of your first four games is theoretically a daunting prospect. However, if you win both those games, it's a daunting prospect for Rangers. Uh, So, yep, in theory, Rangers have the easier start to the season. In practical terms... Is that still the case? I mean, you look at the last week, Kenny, they would tell you that going away to Kilmarnock and dropping points, you, you don't you don't get away with that anyway. But if there's anyone out there who is of a generous mindset to say, well, look, it, it can be tough there, and I know it wasn't ideal, but you know, that you don't get any of that home to Livingston. No, Absolutely like, not. You know, these, these are the ones that just have no... There is, there is no, no doubt slack. Rangers need to, yeah, no, need to win and win it well for the fans. No, they do. And they need to because of that result and they also need to because mm. of the last hour on, on Wednesday night because it was really... I, mean, I say that at the start of the show, you could feel the tension inside Ibrox on Wednesday night. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be no excuses uh, tomorrow at home, uh, at home to Livingston. Again, to go back to the fixtures, by the way, all valid points, you know, it is... But it just means the second rounds are going to be are going to be tougher, you know. So you've got a chance to get off to a, a good start. I think the good start's gone. You've lost the first game. You know, you're already playing catch up. So Rangers have to go and win tomorrow. And I think for the fans and everybody who's going to be watching as, as Rangers fans, they need to see a really, really convincing mm-hmm. performance. Uh, probably over 90 minutes, similar to the first 20 on Wednesday night against Servet. If they get that, they will win the game. If they don't and the, and the game gets set and it's mauled and it's nil-nil and Davy Martindale's got his team absolutely drilled to defend and, and make things and shut off the passing lanes and and, and defend like the way Kilmarnock defended last week, Rangers might find it hard to break down. But David, if they come out quickly, the way they did, then they've got a chance to go and put the game to bed. I don't think David Martindale has any option other than to come and defend because he, he really doesn't have the players to take the game to Rangers. Uh, he started off with a goalless draw against Aberdeen last week, a handy point for him. He'll, he'll be looking for that tomorrow. Uh, the problem that Rangers have, and you know, Alec has rightly pointed out that they've got games to play at home. The problem at home, though, and it was evident against Servette in midweek, when it's not going your way, the crowd do get very tetchy. And all of the new signings have got to get used to this. And it will be the same tomorrow. If Rangers haven't scored a goal in the first half, the grumbling and rumbling will be very, very easy to hear. So, Kenny, Wednesday night fascinated me because 
maybe I did it in a kind of backwards order. I was in here, obviously, and I could see the social media reaction after the game, and it felt like it felt like you know a lot of negativity around. And then then went back and watched it. So you're never quite sure how, how that clouds your judgment. Are Rangers in a good place going into this game tomorrow because of Wednesday or not yet? Could this be described as a good a good place going into this one? I, th- I think that they are a work in progress. That's as simple as that. Are they in a good place? I, I'm not so sure they are at the moment. They'll be in a better place uh, tomorrow night, five o'clock, if they've won the game. That's for sure. <clears throat> and they'll be in a better place if they've passed on Tuesday night. At the moment, it's going to take, like you says. You could see it. I could see that tetchiness, that nervousness going into the end, of the, particularly in the second half, even even early on in the second half. You could feel it, and I could see it in some some players. There was a situation between Desert and uh, and Raskin, where I could see there was a clear pass line onto Desert. And as a forward, I kind of pretend I was, I've got the back of my forward, my number nine. He was wanting the ball in. Raskin turned it down. He turned it down three times, and I could see the two of them then having a little bit of a kind of set to. He says, You should play it. And he says, Well, you're not showing for it. He went, No, I'm one wanting the ball. So there was just this edginess about the play that I think when the Rangers fans get that, and Q's right, they're going to have to get used to it quickly. Because last week there's a blueprint. I don't think David Martindale mm-hmm. needs the blueprint because yeah. he's got it. He's had it for, yeah. for a number of years now, how he can get results against the old firm. Uh, Alec. How much faith have you got in the new signings getting up to speed quickly? What have you What have you liked from what you've saw so far? Well, obviously, Lammers looked okay in the first couple of pre-season games. Uh, the new I think, is going to be really good. But my real problem, my real worry, is about Michael Beale. And I think um, he, he seems to freeze on the touchline, by the way, which I hope he doesn't. I hope maybe it's just inexperience, because Alan McCoy was the same. For all the great pundit he is, when he was on, when he was making decisions, by the way, it was difficult. And I thought that Dessers, for example, should have been taken off at half time. I felt the boy had run his race, and uh, I felt he would have done him a favour, taking him off rather than keeping him on as long as he did, because he actually got worse as the game went on. And I thought it was a perfect game for Hadji with two feet. And the way he can play in that game, I thought he would have, he'd have made more uh, chances for us, particularly against 10 men. Is there a, a reverberation? that came after Rugby Park that hasn't died away yet (laughs) the fans were shocked to the core by Rangers losing on day one and the manager picked the wrong team he deployed the wrong tactics he ended up with the wrong result and I don't think the shockwaves have gone away yet and it it carried on into the Servette game I repeat I think Rangers will go to Geneva and they will go through to play PSV Eindhoven but they, they've still got to do that. Mm. And tomorrow, again, the shockwaves are there. They better not fail tomorrow. And a draw is a failure tomorrow uh, because that would just make things much worse. You've seen the new signings up close, Kenny. What, what's the best team then right now? What, who are the ones that have, that have done enough to stay in? Like Michael Bill says, there are a few bumps and bruises and he wouldn't reveal who they are. So let's just for talking sake, let's not try and second guess them. But what... What's looking like the strongest option for you right now? And there's a cynical outlook that says maybe it doesn't, you know, you don't need your cup final team to beat Livingston at home. It shouldn't need to be that way, but let, let's just take it as it is because these games are all kind of must win anyway. No, no, they are must win. And, and what it's really, really important that what Michael feels his best team is, and again, if I gave you a team now, it is they need to get these guys in the team. And they need to get them playing against the opposition that they're going to be facing for the rest of the season. They need to get them playing together. Mm. And they need to get the guys who have not got the minutes in their legs. Again, Danilo, I agree with Alec. I think he'll be a really, really good signing for Rangers moving forward. But he looks rusty. 
he looked rusty. Two opportunities on Tuesday night and Wednesday night in the first half where you think, right, okay, get at your defender, commit him and get your shot off. Or release Barisic, by the way, who had made a 70-yard on the overlap and he done neither. You know, I think in a month's time, I think you'll see a sharper, more clinical Daniel. But that's the thing. Pres- presumably those guys need to stay in the team. There's, there's they nothing really to, to be gained by... Michael needs to decide what, what his team is, right? He's got to balance it up because he needs to get these guys up to speed. Mm. And by the way, I think we need to, the Rangers need at least three or four players to hit the ground running and be ready to improve the starting lineup. But he also needs to balance it against winning the game of football. Yeah. You know, so, so if they're, if they're well, getting up to speed, he needs to then quite, make decisions. Quite interesting, this Hugh. Uh, I like to know you do this studying Michael Beale's sort of demeanour and, and so on at his uh-huh. press conference today. But he believes that fans got fed up with some of the players last season. And, and sort of therefore is, is calling on people to, to get behind the new summer editions. Well, when he came out with that kind of stuff before Servette... Let, let's actually hear that clip so you can you can react off the back of it. Let's, see, let's hear Michael Beale on his new summer editions. It's a new team. As I say, it's a reloaded squad. There's lots of new faces. The challenge is to get that team, you know, really slick as quickly as we can. I thought there was real positive signs in midweek. You'd like to score one or two more goals and then it would have almost been a perfect evening but it doesn't always work like that the excitement is coming in and working with these players every day and building this this new Rangers team if you like there was a lot of familiar faces in the squad last year it seemed that people maybe got a little bit fed up with some of those faces so we've got some new ones now so let's learn and support them and work to build this new team I'm hugely motivated by that not, I don't know, put, I'm not putting words in his mouth But is that almost the case of well, You wanted new players, we've got new players let's, let's give them a bit of time and support I think he's right Rangers had gone stale I mean, you, Morelos still doesn't have a club And he's been away for weeks Morelos had gone stale Kent had gone stale The whole thing had gone stale And Celtic won the treble uh, But I think he got caught up, Michael Beale In the shockwave after Rugby Park as well Because his manner was subdued in the press conference before Servette and when he started calling for the crowd to get Rangers over the line I thought, oh, it's a bit early for that kind of stuff after just one competitive match Um, and in the old-fashioned way I think it all comes down to September the 3rd when Celtic go to Ibrox if Rangers failed to win that match the bugles will be blowing Mm. the sirens will be blaring and the panic button will be pressed I would never ask this man not to look too far ahead. He makes a speciality out of it, Kenny, but, but how Rangers and Celtic arrive at that game is also going to be important. Well, it's important to arrive by winning every single game between now and then. That That is the facts. And that is, that's what's needed for both clubs, really. You know, obviously Celtic don't have the big European qualifiers before the game like Rangers are going to have. But Rangers have got a lot of football be- to play between now and then. And in that time, there will be judgments passed. There will be uh, decisions made in the stands about what's going to be a good signing and what's not been a good signing. So what's really, really important for Michael and his team is that they start winning games. Because see, when you're winning games, it can paper over the cracks a little bit and it buys you more time to mm. work on what needs to be worked on and get the players more... Uh, Used to, uh, sorry, playing this year, more cohesive. Again, something, the word, I use that word cohesive a lot with Celtic last year. Rangers need to get yep. that and they need to get it quick. It's early days, Andy, who's a Rangers fan, but what's the sort of strongest look? What, what are you hoping for tomorrow against uh, Livingston? Hi, how are you doing, guys? Uh, I was just saying to the producer there, uh, I think, I don't know if Michael Beale's trying to rush too many players in, new signings in at the one time, you know what I mean? Obviously, the Kelly game proved that, but I think we've got a big enough squad. Kamala, play your time tested. 
try and get the game kind of comfortable and then, no, I'm not saying don't play any of them, but maybe play three of them and gain them a bit more time. I mean, because last week it was just, uh, I was pathetic. I was sort of pathetic. Problem but, how, how there, there is, but there also is, in an attacking sense, there is no tried and tested. They're all no. gone. And how are they to bed in if they don't play? <laughs> you know, the, the, the nine signings made by Michael Beale, he had implicit faith in all of them. Kilmarnock had more debutants, I think. Didn't yeah, he? and they hit the ground running. Uh, but the the way to do this is not to play them three at a time. They all have to learn. Uh, this is their new club. This is their new environment. This is the city that's like unlike any other, and you just have to go on with it. So they have to play. But uh, as I say, I agree with your point, Gordon, that it's important how they arrive at September three, but. That game is a separate life form. And if you lose in the separate life form, the panic button gets pressed. Andy, Michael Beale took a relatively unusual step, I suppose, today and just outright said that Jose Cifuentes would start the game. Are you looking forward to seeing more of him? Did you did you take much away from his cameo? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing him, but I know what you were saying, right? But we, we can't just, you cannot just gel six players into a team in one game. I mean, that's why I've lost three points already. So you try and gel them in over a period of time. I'm, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't play them, but you've got to try and get the points won first. That's the most important thing. But you don't have time. You know? <laughs> Kenny, Kenny will uh, verify this. You don't have time. This is Glasgow. Uh, Rangers lost one game, the first game. And the shockwaves have been there ever since. It's, it's amazing to think it was only a, a last Saturday because it has reverberated and it carried on into Servette. And the, 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 the crowd second half were definitely not impressed. Uh, and we're still going on about it. It all created by one false move, which gave Celtic a head start. Uh, let's hear that. Clipper was alluding to Michael Beale wasn't even necessarily asked if Jose Cifuentes would play he was just asked his thoughts generally uh, and here's what he had to say on one of the latest signings he's playing tomorrow he's a prime example he didn't get in until uh, late on the Wednesday uh, on the Thursday before a bit of jet lag but I wanted him to be on the bench just to see Scottish football you know eight subs let's just get him there and, and so he can understand the environment uh, still just only moved into his new place the last couple of days so he's in a, in and out of a hotel I thought he was he was quite good when he came on the other night in a small glimpse but now I think he's ready he's been playing since January he knows his teammates there's uh, ever such a small uh, language barrier because he speaks decent enough English um, and he's ready to go now and I'm looking forward to watching him tomorrow there's a language barrier in here at times and it oh. doesn't hold us back. 01419511025. Andy's in the hat for the tickets to the races. You could be too if you give us a call right now. Oh, you're kidding me on. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. The cash register. Clyde won. After six cash register winners on the spin... Friday's call went to five rings So there was no winner of £60,000 But never fear because your chance to win even more money Now comes about on Monday Because the cash register call is now worth £61,025 So if you like the sound of that and why wouldn't you And it should be an easy one to remember Text YES to 61025 Text YES to 61025 to win 61025 See what, see what they did there? 
Very clever, isn't it? Uh, if you get the call from us after 3pm on Monday the 14th, answer within five rings. Make sure you know that amount. Text are £2 plus your standard network rate online entries £2 or you can call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate. It is over 18s only and entries for this hit Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website. So since Alana won on Thursday, all the entries have rolled over but you can still get involved if you haven't. Text YES to 61025 for your chance to win £61,025. Good luck. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are here. They're both very keen for you to join them on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. So please do get in touch. Give us your thoughts on the weekend's football or anything else. As an example, Mr. RFK has settled in tonight in the caravan. He's got you two on the telly and it's his birthday tomorrow and he wants you to wish him happy birthday. RFK, happy birthday. Mr. RFK to you. Mr. Well done. And uh, where's <laughs> he couldn't your, where's remember your... the second bit, could he? <laughs> no, no, no. It's <laughs> RFK. I'm just wondering where the caravan is. I'm just wondering if it's in the... The East Nuke. The, the Riviera of Fife beside me. It might well be. You're both fully paid up members of the caravan club, I am <laughs> sure. Uh, well, happy birthday anyway when it comes. Barry is on the line. How's it going, Barry? Hi, Paul. How's it going? Good here. You all good? Oh, good, thank you. Um, I, um, I just wanted to put a quick point to the panel to see what they thought about Celtic's uh, transfer dealings. Um, I'm for one, I'm a bit concerned. Um, O's obviously out for um, six weeks, so we're asking a lot of Kyogo um, Champions League. Um, the, the the summer signs we made two centre mids, the Norwegian boy and the Korean boy. I already thought we were top heavy with central midfielders anyway. And now we've went and signed them all too. Now to me this kinda it's got the feeling of Shved and Alzani again. Um it's I know Brendan Rogers says he's happy, he's, he's, he's happy with the, the recruitment and stuff like that. But I I would have I would have thought that we would have replaced Jota with a a quality winger and I would have thought that we would have tried and got another uh, striker in as well. I think Yang shows up well uh so far. Marco Tilio, uh, when he recovers from injury, will be another option for Brendan Rodgers. But you're, you're right to raise the Champions League question. Um, Brendan Rodgers needs other players in. And I, I could not imagine Celtic allowing this transfer window to close without mm. bringing in other players. They're, they're just uh, taking their time about it, which is a, a Celtic way. Uh, but Brendan Rodgers would not be happy... If this window closed with no further additions, yeah, I think he said he is. He's going to look for more. Um, and I'm glad Hugh mentioned it because he, someone like Tilio, and I have no idea how good Tilio will be, how close he gets to Jota, but but he has been signed, and then you almost become a victim of you suffer an injury, and then people act like you do not exist, and then you know it's the same for you know like I've seen it for other clubs as well. Like I know there was a stick given to Aberdeen because of the the manner of their back three, but you know the the players sign and then they get injured. It's, it's, it's difficult. You're not going to now go and sign someone else in that position, or, or are you? No, I, I doubt it. But I do agree with Barry. For me, it's been a bit underwhelming for 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 Celtic summer recruitment. Again, I've said it. When Brendan came in, I expected to see something big happening. You know, like he, he's coming in. There's there's all this money apparently available to go and spend. And again, without spending fifteen twenty million, which they're not going to do, but 
like the money they spent on Jota, the money they spent on Carter Vickers last summer after their loan spells, you maybe expect a player or two to come in like that. And at the moment, I just think there's, in terms of a, a starting lineup, and what, what what's no good, and a lot of people have kind of touched on the Champions League and the squad and, and the and the strain that the squad gets put under with a, like fighting on four fronts. It's not good enough for Celtic just to sign players because, well, you know what, it'll be fine domestically. They need to be mm. progressing, they need to be moving forward, and they need to be exciting their fans. Is and there... at the moment, I wouldn't say they have. I mean... Barry, is there an element of faith that has to be shown in the sense that I know Andrew Postacoglu is not there, but no one would have been excited, maybe that's the wrong word, but no one no one would have been singing from the rooftops about Kyogo or Hatati or various other players that Celtic have signed in recent seasons who've all gone on to be very successful. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, you, you've got to give people a chance. I understand that, but my, my, my point being, I just felt that Going into the Champions League, I just feel we, we were exceptional light. Um, Hugh brought on about Joe Hart as well. I'm, I'm with Hugh on Joe Hart. I'm not really convinced he's going to um, be a credit for us in the Champions League. As, again, I say it. Um, Brendan Rodgers said himself, Kyogo's carrying a shoulder injury and it's up to him when he gets to replace it. What happens if Kyogo gets injured? What are we going to go with? Are we going to go with... Um, Dyson Mida up front now, No no offence to Dyson Mida But he's not the biggest And I watched a game last season When Celtic played Hibs Easter Road And the two Hibs centre-backs Must have had the easiest game of their lives Because And this is what I mean I would I would love for Celtic To go out and sign somebody like Shankland I think he would be a great addition To the Celtic team um, I think he would, get, he would get goals out of him Scotland, who knows In Europe If he could raise his game But as I say Just very, very underwhelming Well, that's why Sunday's a big test there are very few real tests for Celtic or Rangers in this league, if we are being brutally honest. But Pataudry is one of them. Now Celtic are going their second game in and with Barry and other supporters looking at the, as Kenny called it, underwhelming activity on the close-season transfer market. Now, if any problems are exposed at Pataudry on Sunday... Celtic would be throwing away the head start that Rangers gave them and the supporters won't warm to that idea so it's a big test if, if Brendan Rodgers goes to Pataudry and the, the defence holds firm with uh, Carter Vickers and Navrosky and Kyogo, Abada, Maeda all do what they do best uh, then that's fine But uh, Do you think the, the shoulder injury that Barry mentions I suppose the big question is Do you think that would show up in the Tottenham Medical Now that they've got someone Is this the same shoulder injury that happened a year ago by the way It still plays Now because, that they yeah. need to replace Harry Kane Well you know I honestly think with the greatest respect <laughs> To Kyogo Furuhashi Who has been sensational for Celtic I think the name of the game down south now When you see Liverpool bidding 100 mil. £111 million for a Brighton player uh, the, 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 the crowds down there a club of Tottenham stature they're not going to go to the Scottish Premiership for a 28 year old they're, they're going to go and spend £50-60 million pounds now that Harry Kane has gone so I, I wouldn't worry about Kyogo Celtic would take 30 would they not? Well they won't get off with it Come on, uh, you know, I, I think no Kyogo chance, No Kyogo, chance at all I don't think so. I may be wrong, I frequently am, but I don't think that the Tottenham fans are looking for a striker from the Scottish Premiership. They're looking for 
a 60, 70 million pound player coming in. Yeah, well, let's be honest, they probably didn't need Harry Kane to go if they had wanted to, to do that anyway, Kenny. I just, I just noticed his private jet touching down in Munich on the screen in front of me and thought I'd, uh, I'd float the notion. Uh, well, I, I, I'll stand by the statement I made right at the start of the season. I don't think Andrew would come back for any any player. Thank you, Barry. Thank you very much. Barry goes into the hat for the tickets to air races tomorrow night, just like every caller who makes it through to the show will. And already, a very quick start. It's time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Oh, you two have got an easy job tonight. Oh, yeah. It cannot be any worse than your esteemed colleagues. Marvin Bartley got a zero yep. on Wednesday. Gordon Diel did get a few last night, but he still lost. The pressure's off, you two. Yeah, I mean, we can't be any worse than that, Kenny. That's you know, why we picked the Friday night show, isn't it? We love the pressure. Yeah, it's a 2-2. Two, two, yeah, I've got this easy run now. I, I need to get my prediction sheet back. I, I need to rub out Queen of the South. Um, the Poundland Pep has gone. He's gone. Zero is here. 4-3 defeat last week at uh, Palmerston, so... I'm worried about him This is the closest start to a season we've ever had With nine shows done It's 5-4 to the pundits It is, it is tight It could go level tonight There, there are no questions about Avril Levine, are there? Uh, oh yeah, that was a classic of yours <laughs> last week You've just about got over that one, I think Let me have a wee look Let's see how you fancy it tonight 01419511025 Beat the pundit is next And the lines close at 7 Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller are here on 01419511025 You can tweet the show as well And remember every caller who makes it on air tonight Goes into the hat for four tickets to the ladies night at Air Racecourse tomorrow evening as well So a bit of added incentive We have been hearing from Michael Beale He says that Jose Cifuentes will start tomorrow He's calling for a bit of uh, support for the new signings after uh, a big summer of change. We heard from Cameron Carter-Vickers, life after Carl Starfelt and his hopes for his new central defensive partner. We're about to talk European action for Scottish clubs as well, so it's a good time to get your calls in. Let's play this first. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Right, it's been a difficult week for the pundits. They've lost the last two nights in a row. Let's see how it goes tonight. Scott in Paisley is up. How's it going, Scott? Can you hear me okay, Scott? Yeah, I can hear you. Good, clear. man. Have you ever played before? Uh, no, I haven't. Who would you rather play? Uh, I'd probably say Kenny. Well, bear in mind, Scott, this time last week, Hugh Keevens answered <laughs> true that he thought Craig Levine was Avril Levine's uncle. So um, he has his moments But anyway, heads it will be Hugh Keevans And tails it will be Kenny Miller Taking on Scott and Paisley And it's tails, it's been tails a lot this week I think oh. Kenny Miller up against Scott So we'll give Kenny some greatest hits radio to listen to So that he can't hear us Scott And I'm sure you've heard it before But it's very straightforward 30 seconds, answer as many as you can And pass if you don't know the answer, okay? Yep Good man, 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts... Now Who scored for Hearts In last night's game Against Rosenborg Pass True or false Aberdeen were the last team To beat Real Madrid In the European Cup final True What are the names Of John McGinn's Two footballing brothers uh, 
Paul. What nationality is Rangers striker Jose Cifuentes? Uh, Rangers midfielder Jose Cifuentes. Uh, Colombian. What animal appears on the Kilmarnock badge? Eagle. What former Hamilton, Crystal Palace, and Scotland midfielder retired from football this week? Pass. Okay, let's bring back Kenny Miller. Can you hear us, Kenny? Sure can. Good. Okay, let's go. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Who scored for Hearts in last night's game against Rosenborg? Shankland. True or false? Aberdeen were the last team to beat Real Madrid in a European Cup final. True. Uh, what are the names of John McGinn's two footballing brothers? Stephen and... Uh, oh, my goodness. Pass. What nationality is Rangers midfielder Jose Cifuentes? Ecuadorian What animal appears in Kilmarnock's badge? Lion What a former Hamilton Crystal Palace and Scotland midfielder retired from football this week James McArthur Angus the Bull is the mascot of which Scottish club? Pass Okay, okay Let's bring in Scott How do you think it went? Uh, I think he got me who scored for Hearts in last night's game against Rosenborg? It was Lawrence Shankland. I must admit, I'm not sure if I've messed up the wording or if it's written down funny in this sheet because it wasn't the European Cup final that, that Aberdeen or beat. Cup winners' um, cup final. Anyway, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. You both went true. Um, so we'll stay 2-1 to Kenny. I'll tell you what, I hope poor Paul McGinn's not oh, listening. Oh, there you go, Paul. Come on, sorry, The Paul. best one, because he plays in Claret and Amber yeah. at the moment. Stephen and Paul, you just you brought Niall into the family, Scott. <laughs> He's not related. <laughs> he just happens to be a McGinn as well. So still 2-1. Kenny, Jose Cifuentes is Ecuadorian. So 3-1. The animal that appears on the Kelly badge is a squirrel. No? Poor. Poor badger. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Kenny's still in front. It was James MacArthur who retired this week, and Angus the Bull, not that it mattered, is the mascot of Aberdeen. Uh, Angus, Aberdeen, uh, Angus. Yeah, got it. Uh. Yeah, let's see, let's see what they've done. Anyway, unlucky, Scott, it was not enough. Kenny has won the week for the pundits. Hard lines. Thank you. Good man, Scott. You're in the hat, though, for the tickets to the racing tomorrow anyway, so maybe not all is lost. Kenny Miller doing his celebration, forgetting that the cameras... <laughs> I never uh, forgot to look right down well. the lens. There it's there. Are on as well. Well done, though. Thank you for taking part, Scott and Paisley, and well done uh, to Kenny Miller, former Hibs striker Kenny Miller, which leads us on nicely to last night's good result in the end. Huge, just yeah. when Lee Johnson could have been doing with one. Yeah, I think the goal from Obita just changes everything. Uh, it's good to have two of a start uh, when you play Luzerne uh, next week. I think, you know, Lee Johnson said that it's not over and he's correct. I mean, he, he said that about the game in Andorra, so he had to say it about this one. Uh, but I just think there's something about Hibbs. There's a promise there uh, with Martin Boyle, with Dylan... Uh, Vente, uh, Joe Newell, terrific for them. Uh, there's just something, last week was a real body blow for them, two down, get it back to two each and then somehow contrive to lose the game to St Mirren. But I think there's something about them and I think they will get past Luzerne, but Aston Villa will be an altogether different task. Yeah, let's cross that bridge if and when we come to Isaac as a Hibs fan on the line. Isaac, how pleasing was last night? Oh, very pleasing. And I think, particularly for Lee Johnson, it felt like last night was what he's promised. He's done a lot of talking since he came in, and he's delivered maybe the one promise that he said we'd go all out against the old firm and maybe lose a few of them by a large margin. That he delivered. But I think last night he finally delivered 
some of the vision he was promising, a big European night under the lights at Easter Road, a pretty convincing win, an attacking formation, his signing starting, his signing scoring. So I think last night was the first time that in a long time that Lee Johnson has like delivered that that big feeling. But like you said, with, with Hibbs and I think especially with Lee Johnson as manager, there's always that feeling at the back wondering, is it going to crash from here? And I think until we're through he's the lost. leg, that's going to be at the back of the mind. Isaac, he's lost four goals in two games at Easter Road in the space of four days, you know, and, and that, that has been down to careless mm. defending, uh, uh, full of praise for them, middle to front, but you can see it with your own eyes, Isaac, the, the yeah. problem rests Let, with the goalkeeper and the back four. Well, let's focus on the positive, Kenny, because there were many that, that Isaac has, I think Isaac summed it all up really well as to how, how, how right Lee Johnson got it, how big a night it was for him, the personnel that contributed, it all, that, that, it felt like a big win last night, didn't it? It did, and it was a it was a, a really strong second half performance. Uh, exciting game as well. I re- really really enjoyed the game, uh, and I do think that that's that goal that that Hughes alluded to has, has changed the whole dynamic of the game. See when you've got guys like Yuan and Boyle in the team with, with the pace that they've got, it will allow them to play a, maybe a little bit more reserve, play on the counter attack because I think that goal does change. It. I think if it's two one, uh, Luzerne can still go and play the game. They only need to score and they're right back in it, but they have to go and score two, then actually three to then go and win it. It's, uh, it does change it. But it's a big night for Lee Johnson. You know, it's uh, I was at Easter Road last week and there was a good atmosphere after the after the second leg and the and the six one one at Easter Road, but. Like this Hibs team over this last kind of 14 months or so, the inconsistency word gets thrown at them so much and then they lose mm. their first game of the season against St Mirren. So I think tomorrow's just as big a game because I think they need to get off, similar to Rangers to be honest, they need to get the league campaign off and running. Sunday. And it won't, sorry, on Sunday. And it won't be easy. It won't be easy yeah. against your team. Isaac, you look at you know Dylan Venti, a, a big signing by Scottish football standards financially. Look at the impact Adam Lafondra is making. Is, is there a lot to like about the attack at the moment? There's a lot to like about the attack at the moment, and that was, I think, true off the back of last year. The problems are definitely still in defence. Lewis Stevenson's always going to go down a Hibs hero, but we need another left back eventually. He can't keep knocking him out. And David Marshall are definitely a leader in the dressing room, but on the twilight end of his career. So the, the problems are at the back, the, the front, even the midfield, Dylan Lever, incredible signing as well. Just I think it's all looking very good from the front, but when we have those moments, we conceded, what, two goals in three minutes to St. Mirren? So those problems at the back are exactly what is concerning me going forward with Sam's. How do you feel overall about Lee Johnson, Isaac? Because it feels like there's a, a an interesting relationship there with the Hibs fans, shall we say. And, you know, as you mentioned, it feels like every time he maybe... Not, I don't mean needs a result as in the job is hanging on it, but it feels like every time he kind of needs a result or could be doing with one, you know, he's got a bit of a knack of pulling it out of the bag. I'm I'm so torn. I really want to like him, to be honest. Is it, I mean, his post-match interviews are bizarre, David Brent, but they're also quite fun to listen to. They give you more insight, I think, than some managers will give you, even if some of it sounds like complete madness. So I do. I want to like him, and every time it goes well, I find myself getting on that bandwagon. But then we'll go and we'll, what was it, last season, 10 without a win in 12 or something? So we'll go on these awful losing streaks, and, no, and when you start to hit those losing streaks, those post-match interviews are no longer insightful or entertaining. They're just... A real, a real anger point. So I, I can tell I you, Isaac, within the newspaper profession, he is regarded as a gift, an absolute gift. Um, but it's what he does on the park, and I think eventually the team in the park will get better than he is in the press conferences. Um, there's, there's something there. 
He just needs to tighten up defensively, but I think they've got many good players in Dylan Levitt, in Boyle, in Newell, in Vente. Uh, the way Obita took the, the goal last night was sensational. There's something there. But on Sunday, it wouldn't surprise me if Mother will beat them 3-1 and it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if Hibs beat Motherwell 3-1. You just do not know what's coming next from them. Quantify, if you can, Isaac, how confident are you that you'll go through from this position? Oh, what a dangerous question. <laughs> <laughs> um, quite quite confident, pushing towards the 7 out of 10, mainly because of that beta goal. We've conceded that exact goal countless times in the years I've watched Hibs. We very, very rarely score them. I would like that goal to be the difference in the tie. Fair enough. A 7 out of 10, I'll take that, Kenny. You, that's pretty confident, yeah. You going for that? I, listen, I think Hibs will go through. I think they're, they're, they're two quite evenly matched teams, so even though it's away from home, I still think Hibs can cause problems. I mean, Isaac's touched on how much attacking power they've got, and there's definitely goals there. Uh, I mean, I thought the Venti goal in particular was really, really good. The touch for the Fondra and the presence of mind to go and put it on his, his strike partner's head, and, and the header was excellent as well. Back across the goalkeeper, so it was a, a really good goal, and obviously Obviously, always nice to go off the mark when you're a new striker, a new sign in that team. Absolutely. Well done to Hibs. Hopefully, they can finish the job. And what a tie would potentially lie in wait. Aston Villa. Brilliant. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, everyone focuses on John McGinn for obvious reasons. But, uh, brother Niall yeah. and Steve yeah. and David <laughs> and whatever else came up I'm, there. I'm thinking of the John's poor mother and Clay Bank here. I'm thinking, I don't remember a Niall. Um, but, the, it, it, of course, these automatically become known as Battle of Britain games. Uh, but I would point out here and now, there is a huge, with a capital H, a huge disparity between Aston Villa mm. and Hibs. Well, need to get that far first, I suppose. Thank you very much, Isaac. That was some very, very good points. Well made. I enjoyed that. That was Isaac all the way from Toronto, by the way. Wow. Uh, you, you two spread your... Um, your influence far and wide uh, right let's give you a full time teaser Oof. for tonight now it's been sent in by Craig in Moody'sburn so thank you to Craig it's a very simple format this question I think even you two <laughs> should understand it fully and not make too many mistakes can you name the Scottish Premiership top scorer each season since the 14-15 campaign so name the player that finished each season as the Scottish Premiership's top scorer since the 14-15 season. Kyogo. Kyogo is the most recent one, okay. Dembele. Never did. Griffiths. Yes, 15-16 season, okay. Edward. Yes, twice. Okay, we'll leave it there because that's a very good start. You've given me Edward, Kyogo and Griffiths. We're looking for the Scottish Premiership's top scorers each season since the 14-15 campaign. So we'll leave it there. Thanks again to Craig and Moody's Burn for sending it in. He emailed that to fulltime at Clyde1.com. That's how you get your full-time teaser placed in front of the pundits. So please do join in with them if you can. Right from one half of Edinburgh, from the green side to the maroon. What about Kenny on the line? How important might that Lawrence Shanklin goal turn out to be, Kenny? Well, very important. Uh, I wasn't very... <laughs> Entertained last night by the way Hearts played uh, after paying for the pay per view, but no, the second half was totally different. But what really gobsmacked me was uh, Wee Benny has been out for 17 months mm. coming on for the start. You know, he's only had minutes at Dunfermline and the other friendlies. Uh, that, that baffled me. That 
Uh, but thankfully, when Haran came on, he, he he changed the game to a wee bit bite in the game, and we got a goal. And I, I think an early goal next week at Tinker, so I'll I'll think we should maybe get through. Yeah, it can't really be considered a. Well, it's not a good result. Losing is oh. never good. But to sort of to state the obvious, it's as it's as good as a, a defeat can be, and then yeah. I think the manner of it when you score late, it, it, does it just you know the psych, psychology of it all? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of Rosenberg, they must have been crushed to lose the goal to Lawrence Shankland, and it tees up a wonderful game in Edinburgh again. Kenny and the Hearts fans are being relied upon by Frankie McAvoy and Stephen Naismith. Uh, they've got to provide the kind of atmospherics that uh, that help a team. And I'm not sure I agree with Kenny with regard to Benny Beningame. He's, you know, he's got to start somewhere. The, the, oh, the, come on, though. seventeen was it? Seventeen months is that what Kenny said? I, an away tie in Europe, journey and it of, didn't work. Jo- that, that was the point. Journey of a thousand miles <laughs> begins with a single step. <laughs> it does indeed. Um, it was the second goal, you know, when he's trying to chase back, and then he, he ends up fall down, and he looked absolutely spent. You know, like it was a huge, huge right. I me, mean, it's not as if he's just been by. You're, you're fit now. You're playing. There's going to be a lot of training. There's going to be a lot of build up to it. They clearly felt he was in a good, good enough position to go and put him in. But by the way, sometimes you get it wrong. You know, as, as coaches and managers, sometimes you get it wrong. Stephen and, and Frankie might look back and think, you know what, maybe it was just a step too far from staff. Sorry, step too far from and too early. I think Frankie McAvoy acknowledged it as well afterwards, didn't he? And um, just how important is Lauren Shanklin to this Hearts team? His goals are. I mean, he's, he just seems to keep churning out. I mean, I actually questioned at the start of last season: is he going to be able to do it at this level? Because he had never done it. It wasn't saying I never had any views that, that, that he couldn't. He just hadn't done it, you know. Well, he absolutely dispelled that last year. He was absolutely sensational, uh, and to, to score that amount of goals, and he started, he started great again. He's a goal scorer. I mean, this was a Celtic fan on earlier saying that the Celtic should have a nibble on Lauren Shankland, and it's actually maybe a little bit surprising. Maybe one of the big two haven't. Again, to go back to our domestic football, Kilmarnock go to Tynecastle on Sunday, mm. and what happens in that match will be interesting because. In spite of, I mean, people thought that Rangers would win easily against Kilmarnock. Who, who, who would think? Four nil, I think it was. Yeah, ridiculous. How they get on against Kilmarnock will be a contributory factor to what happens uh, in the return leg against Rosenberg because Kilmarnock will go there absolutely sky high in terms mm. of the confidence having beaten Rangers. Uh, Kenny, I think Hearts need a good result on Sunday to prepare for Thursday. 100% Hugh uh, and it'll be a tough game it always is against Kilmarnock you know I think I've said this to you over a few years but we, we tend to put our league down you know we concentrate on the big two but there's a lot of good teams in the Scottish League uh, and you know the, the surface is one of the greatest at times you know we always go for Kilmarnock and Livingston but Dundee United and Perth Perth last week in a monsoon it was just not a good surface but I think we should give more credit to our Scottish game. Uh, all the good players in the, in the league. Well, Derek McInnes will know that he has players at his disposal who can give Hearts a, a torrid time of it on Sunday. And I, I do think confidence is everything. Very early in the season, Hearts got their win at St Johnston. If they make it six points out of six by beating Kilmarnock, they'll go into the Rosenberg game feeling good about themselves. But... You know, your confidence can be mm. dented if Kilmarnock uh, come to your place and beat you. Speaking of Kilmarnock, Captain Conquer 
has actually tweeted us the, like the mascot the oh, squirrel. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how. I don't know what the thumb situation yep. is on the, the mascot outfit, but Captain Conquer not happy at all. Not happy, yeah. Getting overlooked on Beat the Pundit tonight. Uh-huh. Yeah, that actually has its own Twitter account, and there we go. Anyway, apologise. Um, the uh, we something we've we speak a lot, obviously, about Celtic Park and a big European night, Ibrox and a big European night. But if, there, if there's another place that you would almost thrive on taking that one goal disadvantage back to it would be Tynecastle wouldn't it and, and yeah. seeing what that old place can produce well you would think week. so because it's a it's a brilliant place to play football you know the atmosphere is getting, getting created there when whether it be Rangers or Celtic or Hibs for the big derby when they roll in there it's a brilliant place to play really intimidating and that's something that Hearts fans need to use to their advantage on uh, on Thursday night when they get the return leg because they, they can play a big part you only got to look at a couple of seasons back the, the effect that that Ibrox crowd had on Rangers in the run Europa League final it was it was an incredible atmosphere every sing, single time just whether it be Leipzig or Dortmund whoever came to town it was a really mm. intimidating place Hearts need to do that on Thursday night Thank you to Kenny and there was a lot to, to take away from that game last night but again f- with a slight Glasgow slant on it because I know Michael Beale was asked about this today for Al- Alex Lowry to be getting that type of game time in, in European competition Kenny good for the player first and foremost and I'm sure his parent club will be watching on with interest. Of course they will, and it's, and it's brilliant for him, and he's been on the periphery now for a number of years in the Rangers' first team. Uh, but to get starts and getting game time in, in, in that type of magnitude, uh, it's only going to help him, you know. So we talked, I think, last week, once it was confirmed, I think on the show, mid-show it was confirmed he was going to Hearts right, on loan, yeah. that uh, this is exactly what you're talking about. These are the games that he's going to be able to prove if he's going to be able to have a career back at Ibrox. So uh, it'd be great for him. And again, hopefully there's many more games over the course mm, of the season for him to prove himself. It becomes a slight problem for Michael Beale. Every time Alex Lowry cuts it up for hearts and uh, is inspirational for them, somebody will say to Michael Beale, why did you let him go? Yeah, I mean, they can recall him in January, can't they? And it's, he's obviously going to, in theory, get more game time at hearts. But that, the January recall might, in the fullness of time, be... Exactly what happens. We will see. Uh, 01419511025. Remember, every caller who makes it on air tonight goes into the hat for four places, four tickets at Ladies' Night Air Racecourse tomorrow evening. I'm sure you would enjoy the night out. So why not talk to Hugh Keevens and Kenny Miller and you might win that as well. It seems like a, a win-win situation all round from where I'm sitting and your teaser tonight. Let's see if we can get one more answer. Can you name the Scottish Premiership top scorer each season since the 14-15 season You've given me Griffiths You've given me Edward And you've given me Kyogo Edward did it twice So that maybe tells you How many answers you're looking for right. Boys Ooh, Good shout In the 16-17 season Kenny Sinclair No Did Morelos Morelos did in the 18-19 season So let's leave it there One, two Three You're not too far away You know You're doing pretty well And a quick reminder Full time At Clyde1.com if you want to submit a question, let's go for Brendan, who's a Celtic fan on the line. Not that one. Hey, Brendan. <laughs> Not that one, presumably. Uh, Brendan, what's your point tonight? How you doing, guys? Um, it's just about the, the, the conversation earlier about the Celtics' uh, signs so far this summer. Um, I'm not in the slightest way concerned. Um, I think that, you know, Brendan's came in, my namesake, he's came in, and he has assessed the squad. Now, if we had an easier reaction, went out and signed a, 
a midfielder to replace David Turnbull. You know, look at the way he's he's performed in pre-season and, and, and hope it continues. So he's assessing the squad. Um, he's got three weeks left of the window to go. You know, there's a lot of clubs that have been away and all over the world. Celtic are just back from in the far side of the world. So, you know, these things don't happen overnight. So, you know, I'm pretty sure things are bubbling away in the background. He's, he's, his list will be in. He's, he's, he's Santa list will be in there and it'll be, you know, it'll be getting addressed. Um, you know, we lost Jota, um, who, who could blue hot and cold, if I'm being honest, last season. You know, he certainly done well in the first season and some of his games last season was fantastic, but he did his fair share of downtime. So, you know, I don't think we'll, we'll miss him too much. We've 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 got rid, well, rid of sorry, we've, we've, we've Starfield's moved on to to a new club, and I think at the very least we're signed a like for like. So um, there is issues that need addressed, yes. But for Kenny to describe it as, as mediocre, I think underwhelming it was. Well, underwhelming. I think I think the definition of underwhelming Kenny would be signing players that have been basically. In the houses over the last five or six years, and evidently they've not started the season that well, you know. So I think you know, it's not underwhelming. It's not underwhelming. Mm. I think Celtic, Celtic will get their business in hand, and I think Celtic will, 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 will show their hand between now and the end of this month. And I'm, I'm not saying they're right and you're wrong, Brendan, but you, you would acknowledge that a lot of your fellow Celtic fans pro- probably feel it's been underwhelming. That seems to be the the reaction you see a lot on social media and on these phones. Like I say, you can disagree with them, but it's not. It's not an entirely uncommon opinion at this moment in time, is it? Well, these same guys underwhelmed when we signed three unknown guys for Japan. I did ask that. I asked that counter question. So, you know, it's, you know, were these guys underwhelmed when we signed an unknown Swe- uh, Swedish guy in 1997? You know, so you know, it's. it's oh, I heard a bit about him before that, but anyway, um, yeah. Look, I think it feels like no matter where you are in the food chain, the same conversations apply. And I wonder if at times we just we skip over the obvious that the transfer window stays open for a month after the league starts and it's actually it can be problematic and maybe I'm taking you down a whole different argument as to whether that's right I'm not making this about Celtic or whoever but it's where you are so now the players that Aberdeen are looking at or Hearts are looking at maybe they are in England and they're waiting to find out okay am I getting am I going to get game time there this season no I'm not okay I might come and and there's there's this kind of drip down effect the transfer window is open for ages after the league starts no, it is, but but the, but the thing is, I mean, I mean, Brendan, it's, it's my it's my opinion at the moment. I think I don't think Celtic have improved their their, their team with, with the signings as yet. Uh, Jota's missing, Starfield's away now. Alistair Johnson's missing. I don't think they're as good. By the way, they may then go and sign, and Brendan says he has. Uh, Celtic manager Brendan has said they had between now and the end of August. will sign players. So, and those players might be there might be a, a more recognisable name and you're absolutely bang on. we never heard of Kyogo, we never heard of Maeda, we never heard of Itai. But we have now though and they turned it to be good signings. These guys still need to prove they're going to be good signings. I'm going to shock you now. A narrative was created that when Jota left and Celtic banked £25 million to add to probably another £50 million that was in the bank and the narrative was, oh, there'll be big signings coming in. And Brendan Rodgers has said, no, he will stick to the model, the Celtic model being buy cheaply, sell big. Now, everything will come into perspective before very long because you'll have Pataudry on Sunday and you'll have Ibrox on the 3rd of September. There are areas, and Brendan surely would concede that there are areas of the side that do need looking at. Narovsky and Carter Vickers will be the central defensive partnership, but 
there is a need for backup there bearing in mind the Champions League is around the corner What sort of areas would you like to see addressed Brendan? I, I, I wouldn't deny that there is there is some some backup needed, some cover needed in certain positions. You know, in, in centre half, I would I would say that's that's one of them. Much as you know, Scales and Welsh have, have done well in some pre-season games. You know, I just I don't think, and no disrespect to the guys, I don't think that they're going to be what Celtic require for where we want to be. You know, so so yes, there will there will be additions made. You know, and and we're progressing along. You know, we're progressing mm-hmm. along and. I'm I'm happy with it, you know, and as I say, uh, and yes, there is there's jeopardy in, in Petodre on Saturday, uh, Sunday, sorry, you, of course there is, you know. So and and you know, yeah, we could we could end up sort of you know giving away what what, what what we're given the gift we were given last week, you know. But I tend to judge these sort of things that happen when 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 both teams go and play the same teams effectively, you know. So how you know, okay, we 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 lost to Petodre, but you know, or or we drew Petodre, whatever. But how will Rangers got on in Petodre, mm. you know, when they go there Brendan, rather than facing it against a, 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 comparing apples with apples effectively. You know, time, so. time will tell how big a deal this is. I, I don't really know the answer to that yet. I wonder, did you see the stuff about Burnaby missing a team meeting, sleeping in? That's why he was left out of the, the Ross County game. Is that is that something you think Brendan Rodgers will feel so strongly about that it impacts his Celtic future or what's your early thoughts on it? I just think that when when he comes in, you know, he's got to he's got to lay down his marker. You know, he's got to you know, and and if if that's what if, if my boss asks me to do something and I don't do it, then then I've got to accept the consequences of of my actions, of, of whatever that be. You know, as I say, you've got to you know, he put the the, the rule in. He wanted everybody at a meeting. Somebody wasn't there, so so there's a, there's a consequence to that. You know, so Kenny ever 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 slept in, missed a team meeting or training or no, never. You're you're one of those early guys. I'm always early. Yeah. You always early. Yeah. Between yeah. you, but two, not as early as you. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm early. Is that? I don't know. Is it? I mean, I know he's had other off-field issues as well. So I, I don't know. Like, well, there's like a strike policy in play again. Who only Brendan Rodgers would be able to advise, but it, it's just not ideal, is it? A new manager no, I, comes in, and I don't think it should be brushed aside, and I don't think it's a, a source of humour either. Um, this is uh, uh, the biggest club in Scotland because the the, the the amount of trophies they've won in recent years, the trebles. This is the club that's looking forward to the Champions League. You can't have players who are so unprofessional that they fail to turn up for a team meeting because they slept in. That I find it inconceivable that this could have happened. Mm. And Brendan Rodgers was quite uh, correct to highlight it in public. And uh, the player... Surely, on his last warning. That's where I wonder if you'll disagree. Who calls it inconceivable? I get you'll have seen this before, I'd imagine. Yep. Does it happen? What are we talking? A lot? <laughs> I'll tell you what it depends on. Like, so if you've missed the team meeting, and it's a team meeting on a, any normal working day at, at Lennox Town, that means he's really slept in because you're missed, you're late for training. Okay. You're then going to be even later to actually get the meeting because you're Unless probably... it was the first thing they were asked to... And they were which I, I don't think schedule. it would have been. I don't think you're saying, right, we're turning up at nine o'clock tomorrow straight morning and we're straight okay. into a meeting. I've not I've not seen that. It would normally be, again, further down line, maybe just before you go to training and things. Or, or if you're in a hotel, again, that's another one where you could be reporting down to a room downstairs. But... I'm assuming it wasn't an hotel. So it must have been really late and he must have really slept right, in. Come on, who were your former teammates who had bad timekeeping? Big laugh had a couple. Uh, <laughs> he, he used, uh, I think it was clocks going forward, clocks going back ah. one time. That it was, uh, it was a classic, absolute classic. So uh, 
He's missed. You make sure you don't get that one round the wrong way, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he did get it around the wrong way, clearly, because <laughs> he was in late, no early. So it was. Uh, he's been, I think, I actually think Alfredo maybe was late in for training. Maybe no missing meetings, to be fair, but late, late for, training. for training, maybe a couple of times. Yeah. Different time zone. Uh, language barriers and all that yeah, kind of stuff. You've got an excuse. Again, all the classic excuses would come up. Yeah. His, was, card, his card is marked. Uh, clearly. The, the manager's looking at Burnaby, and, uh, you know, you'll have to sharpen up or. A return to South America beckons. Um, does the Nokia have an uh, an alarm clock? It does. Is that the, your alarm of choice? Uh, I've you got strike a, me as somebody who's got a separate alarm. Do you know what? I've got a bedside alarm that goes off at 7am every day and I don't know... I, I know how to turn it off when it goes on, but I don't know how to take it away. I, I don't want it to go off at 7, but I don't. I can't figure what? out how you do it. So your alarm goes off at 7 every day and you don't want it to? You have No, so you I don't ju- want it to. You just... Unaware of how to just unplug it. I'm waiting for the grandkids to get old enough and fix it. Just, just unpin it. I don't know. I know. I know. But then, in the morning, you can play your music on it as well. You see. It's a I just don't one, want it's it, a fancy one. I just don't want it to go off at seven a.m. So, so you're semi-retired, and even in the holidays or after a couple of glasses of red at the weekend or whatever, you still you have to get up at seven because you don't know how to change your alarm. Correct. I actually had you up as an early riser. To be honest with you, I had you up as one of these. I think well, people would just be up anyway. Yeah, uh, I thought you were actually going to say my alarm goes off every day at seven o'clock, <laughs> but I'm already up. That's what I was waiting on. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, a lion merchant like Burnaby, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't want the alarm to go off at seven, but I don't know how to stop it. Incredible, honestly, you and technology. I suppose let's bring it back to semi-seriousness um, because he had, for some people, shown up quite well towards the end of pre-season um, and it, it was going to be but again for some people going to be quite interesting to see how he competed with Greg Taylor for that slot because maybe Brendan Rodgers uses his fullbacks differently to the way Ange Postacoglu did if you're the player you must be absolutely kicking yourself that that could be the thing that gives you a disadvantage in this race to the starting 11 you know what it does though it gives him an opportunity now like he's going to have to take it Brendan's made it public he's missed it He's missed the meeting and again, it could be another strike on his card. But he's got a chance to fight back for it and show and show character. This is what it takes to play for these football clubs. You need to deal with adversity. So whether that's somebody getting signed in your position and you fight for your slot. If you're now maybe discarded a lot, but you can also fight back to prove a manager wrong and get back into their plan. So it'll be a test of his character, that's for sure. And uh, I'm sure Brendan will be wanting him to react in the right way. And the other Brendan who was yeah. on the line and goes into the hat for the Air Races tickets as well. Thank you, Brendan, on tonight's full-time teaser. And I've got loads of confidence in you because you're nearly there. Can you name the Scottish Premiership top scorers each season since the 14-15 campaign? Lee Griffiths, Liam Boyce, Alfredo Morelos. Wasn't late for the top of the charts on this one. Odson Edward, Kyogo. One more guess each. Jackamacus. Yes. I'm going to be a stickler for this one. He shared it with someone though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Regan Charles yeah. Cook. Brilliant. Okay, two to get and we'll get them after the break. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Hugh Evans are here. They've only got two to get on the full time teaser. And please keep sending your questions in. Full time at Clyde1.com. 
This one's sent in by Craig in Moody'sburn Who wants you to name The top Scottish Premiership scorer For each season Since the 14-15 campaign You've got Lee Griffiths, Liam Boyce Alfredo Morelos, Odson Edward twice Kyogo And then you were very smart to tell me That Charles Cook of Ross County And Jackie Mackis of Celtic Shared it um, the season before last So two to get Just give me one guess My big partner I was going to say Big boy I mean come on You played alongside You probably set up Well you didn't but I was at Kelly was it though? was at Kelly this yep. season But over the years And you even played six asides with I him this morning. this morning And I was bang on and form that, as well So it was Where was he shooting from everywhere? Yep Shooting usual, from yep. the car park Yep Smashing it Absolutely yep. smashing him With his left and his right Right one more to get We'll get it before the end uh, of the show I hope Certainly That's the aim of the game Still time I suppose For you to squeeze your calls in Get some games to go Um Around the head of tomorrow as well Although it's a bit of a split Between Saturday and Sunday this weekend Isn't it? Let's bring in Wayne Who's a Hearts fan How are you Wayne? Hi guys How's you doing? alright? Yeah all good here What's your point tonight? Um, it was First point obviously Was with the Hearts game last night um, I watched it on Hearts t- television And um, I kind of thought that Taking a 2-1 result back To Tencastle next week um, Was a good result Going on the basis of the, the first half and second half, we were kind of in and out of the game. Uh, Beninga made it down with an injury. Um, I kind of thought him coming back into the team quite quick was going to be um, a recipe for disaster, so um, it didn't really surprise me mm-hmm. that we had to make another substitution, which is unfortunate for him because he always, he's been there. He had like a good first kind of three, four months, and then the injuries have just kind of tailed on. So, um, it's unfortunate, but I think going back to Dencastle, we should turn that around. So I'm quite chuffed with that. Um, so it wasn't a bit too much damage in any way. Yeah, that has to be the hope, Hugh. It just felt, you know, that when it, when it was two and there was still a, a bit of the game left, Gordon DL, Mark Wilson, myself were here, think almost kind of fearing the worst oh. because. Hearts should be able to compete That That's our hope as a, as a nation isn't it With these teams Rosenborg haven't been great shakes recently So to get that one Lauren Shankland inspired You'd like to think they can at least make a real good go of it next week And it'll be inspired by Lauren Shankland The captain and the goal scorer uh, Pencastle is one of the great arenas in mm. our country And the fans will be there in terrific number A sellout no doubt And Quite simply, down to the Hearts players. They've got the backing of the crowd. They have a, an excellent goal scorer in Shankland. They have the new inspiration in Alec Lowry. And it's down to Hearts. If they, if they don't do it, then mm. okay. But it's in their hands, I think. I don't mean to rub it into Wayne, but did, just out of curiosity, did you see Josh Janelli's goal for Swansea the other night? It's interesting you say it because that's one player I did think Hearts would miss. You know, I thought it was excellent, but I've never seen it. No, it is incredible. I'll go watch it. Look it up. I mean, we're talking. It's got a bit of everything. He might be fifty yards from goal when he picks it up. Nice bit of footwork by one or two, and then once he gets to about thirty yards, he thinks, "I'm just going to kick this eighty-five miles an hour right into the top corner." It is outrageous. Sounds good, Wayne. I think I heard you crying in the background there. Sorry, take it away. What was your other point? Oh yeah, uh, I, I see that, and just to quickly elaborate on that was the fact that he actually pegged another player. It was the fact that he not pegged another <laughs> player. Ludicrous. He's done that. I was like, oh, "What's happening here? What's happening?" But yeah, it was a great finish. And you know what? I've got. Um, I hope uh, Josh Snell does well in his career. So I can all be thankful for what he's done here at Hearts. Um, but moving on to my next point in um, regards to transfer window, 
Um, I've come in today from work and I've had to laugh and giggle at what I've seen on the transfer news, especially when it comes down to England. But it kind of, to me, affects us here in Scotland. Now, there's been a lot of players in the last few seasons that have left Scottish teams. You know, um, young boy Calvin went down to Liverpool uh, from Aberdeen, um, Christie down to Bournemouth. You know, there's players that have progressed from the Premiership down there to kind of develop their career. But now with a Saudi Arabia thing, it's threw me off regards to, I don't know if there's Premiership managers down there phoning each other if they want to go on for a player. Declan Rice, Saga for talking sake, was a joke. Um, Arsenal went in for him for a certain amount of money and then Man City came out of nowhere. And, and then it went up and up and up and up and up. Today, Liverpool were in for a player Lever from Southampton and never even, even batted an eyelid about Casado from Brighton. And now doubled the money for him, but never put the right £50 million figure on Lever to start with. And Chelsea's now went in for that player. And now Liverpool are breaking their record fee. So I don't get what's happening with the whole England setup now. We try to keep, as it like, or try to build, um, you know, transfers up because things are happening Saudi Arabia. All the money's going there, or they may make big news, and then it's going to affect football roundabout, especially us in the UK for Scottish players to try and develop their their um, career to get out of that move down south. You know, to play well here as well. No Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, Hibs and stepping stone. If they, if they play well, then they get that achievement. But I just don't understand where this has all came from this season, especially this season. It's left me baffled, and I just want to know what you guys think. Well, it makes a mockery of financial fair play to begin with. Um, you know, when you see uh, a player at Brighton um, and Liverpool offer £111 million for him. I mean, we're getting into the realms of mm. obscenity. I mean, we were there already, Kenny, but I take Wayne's point. There become Every now and then you get a summer that it feels like there's an actual, a proper shift. So whether this is Saudi-driven or whether, whether that's a separate point, um, it does feel like every now and then you get one where you think, oh, this is it. it's been taken to a new level now, but the, the ball was burst a long time ago, as they say, as, as far as some of the, the fees are concerned. Well, it was about five, six years ago, it just seemed that every player, like not even like the, the, the absolute elite players, it was just minimum 50 million. Now it just seems like it's minimum 100 million. You know, that that's just a figure that seems to get put on any player. By the way, that used to look be at the Hurricane with a year left, that, yeah, that, you know, and he is the elite, yeah. but it's still a hundred used to be your like, generational talent, didn't it? That, that kind of like one player and it would get in the record books. I suppose, look, before we go off on a tangent and we're late in the show, I suppose... That, that does any of does it does that ever trickle down to us? I mean, does that mean we can start? I think it has already. I think now when you look at listen, no those numbers, but when you seen players leave previous for even from Rangers and Celtic, I think Celtic in particular what they've done really really well is hold on for a decent enough value mm. for their players. Well, the Saudi thing is interesting because Jota twenty five really with Phil twenty five, but again it's Saudi. But when you think Kieran Tierney mm. goes for twenty five million and you see the Dembele's and the Edwards and the, what what the uh, the monies that they've went for, they're good value money. They're mm. getting good value for their players. The talent here, you know, Ben Doak is an outstanding example. You know, the Celtic nurture him. 
And now he's going to be a Liverpool first team player this season. And because they go earlier now. Yeah. Than the academy players go down yeah. at that stage. And Rocco Vata may very yeah, well be the next one at Celtic. So I, I feel for uh, Celtic and Rangers and the, all the other clubs who, who sign their players I, I as kids. Then... Food chain. Because people at Motherwell and Kilmarnock and Samirin will be saying, you feel sorry for who? Because yeah. they take our best players. Oh, oh, of course. So, you know, it's... And on we go. Uh, you know what? We could probably do a whole show on that sort of thing. It's a, a bit of a different point, but I do like it, Wayne. I'll have to nip it in the bud because I can see that clock and it seems to be getting faster, which I don't know how that's possible. But thanks very much to Wayne uh, there for floating that one. Um, very quickly, anything that's jumping out at you for tomorrow, Hugh? Well, a couple uh, of games on the go? Yeah, as I said at the very start of the programme, St Mirren can go top of the table and good luck to them against Dundee and Paisley. Uh, Rangers Livy will take care of itself if Michael Beale doesn't get all three points there will be mayhem and I'm beginning to feel sorry for Stephen McLean the St Johnston manager because not only was he up against it to begin with he's lost the first game 2-0 at home to Hearts but he seems to have no luck whatsoever in terms of injuries and he's at Ross County tomorrow and I don't see him getting anything there either so they'll be bottom tomorrow only Hugh Keevens worries about the league table after one and a half match days. Come on. I like it. I like his style, Kenny Miller. Love it. But again, I'm I'm really intrigued to see that this Rangers game tomorrow is um it's an absolute must win, as all games are. But when you lose your first game of the season, there needs to be a response. So the players are going to have to show a lot more than what they did last week at Kilmarnock, that's for sure. And probably more of the same in that first twenty five minutes against uh against uh, in the European game through the week there so it's a, it's a big day it's a big day for Rangers they need to get three points it needs to be convincing yeah split across the weekend of course Thursday qualifiers mean Sunday league games so Edinburgh sides have to wait until Sunday to see what they can do back in the Premiership let's round off this teaser if we can thank you to Craig and Moody'sburn who sent this one in he wants you to name the Scottish Premiership's top scorer each season since the 2014-15 campaign You've got Lee Griffiths in order, Liam Boyce, Chris Boyd, Alfredo Morelos, Odson Edward twice, Charles Cook and Jackie Marcus shared it. And then, of course, it was Kyogo last season, which means you've got one more to get. Is it your boy at Motherwell? Oh, it is not, I'm afraid. No. I'm looking for clues. Non-old firm. And it's the first one on this, it's the 14-15 season. Where were you at that time, Kenny Miller? I was at Rangers, but we right, were in so the championship. That's right, so bearing in mind then, what did the Premiership look like? So Celtic obviously yep. would be dominant, but who was close? Aberdeen. Therefore Rooney. it's... Adam Rooney, well done. We got there in the end. Thank you to Kenny Miller, thank you to Hugh Keevens, and thank you for your company tonight. Much appreciated, as always, on the phones and on Twitter, and to those of you who just listen patiently as well. We are back tomorrow from 2 o'clock as we get stuck in to the second round of league fixtures in the new season. Thanks once more, and you might as well stay right there because GBX is up next. Just.